if you ask any young adult, one of the most important things to them is community, is to feel like they belong to something, right? Feel like they, they have a family, like they have people around them that know what they're going through, number one, and care about what they're going through. Because it's some it's one thing to know and not and another thing to actually care about yes. what it is. You oh, know what I'm saying? Yes, I do. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Rooted in Christ podcast. My name is Eric Stevens. I'm the founder of Redwood Christian Ministries. And today, I've been waiting for this. <laughs> I've been waiting for this for a no, long you've been, time. You've been, you've been dodging me, bro. I have not that's been what, dodging you at all. I have not been dodging you. <laughs> the vision of Redwood is to be the church. Yes, so I've been reaching out to the church as a whole. But you are with me every, literally every day of my life. Bro, all the time. All the so time. I appreciate you more than you know, brother. Likewise, man. So I guess I should tell the audience your name, though. Yeah. This is Jose Rivera. What's up, everybody? This is my spiritual older and younger oh, brother. Sir. All at the same time is wild. <laughs> is wild. I don't know how he pulled that off, but oh man, <laughs> trying to figure that out. Yeah. for a long time. I make stuff up. It works though. It works. It stuck for a few years. It stuck. It's all good. It's all good. How you doing today? I'm good. Good. Little nervous, everybody, but um, excited to be here. This is actually kind of surreal because just seeing where this started and helping you and at the very beginning hey jose i want to do a logo which i don't do logos don't call me for no logos i'm sorry guys <laughs> i can't do them uh, but i helped him with his logo and just to see how far it's come and now they were doing this podcast and it's just in phenomenal and just to see what god is doing is crazy so congratulations it, man, man. i'm proud it. of you bro it's crazy i'm gonna share something behind the scenes a little bit okay. because i fully believe that when god gives you a vision yeah and he tells you to do something you have to be very careful who you let oh 100 hundred percent i don't have kids but you do yes i pretend your kids are well, <laughs> I'm, the, I'm your kid's terrible uncle <laughs> hands down probably the worst one that I have. oh you want some candy at night here you go no <laughs> man but you don't just leave your, your newborn child with anybody. Of course. Right? So God gave me a vision to start Redwood, yeah. and he told me to include two people. Mm. It was you mm. and uh, Morgan. Wow. Morgan helped me on the tax side of it with some yeah. of the stuff that I didn't understand. Yeah, yeah. And I knew there was no way I was going to be able to design and create a logo. For sure. I knew there was no way I was going to be able to come up with that. I had an idea of what I wanted it to look like. Yeah. And you popped into my head of the person just to I say, it, I need your help with this. No, oh, yeah. I don't know if I told you, maybe I did, but that logo is now trademarked. Yeah, you did. You call, yeah. I remember you calling me out of nowhere. I'm yeah, like, what's, what's Eric calling me yes. for? I make That's those awesome. late night phone calls and it's like, it's not really an emergency. It's like, yo, the logo's trademarked. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I'll be freaking out. I'm like, hey, you all right, bro? What's good? Yeah, you good? You everything all right? I should probably use more discretion when I call people. I should That's probably funny. do that. <laughs> That's great. But yeah, it, it took about 18 months, but what's yeah. crazy, no pushback. That's crazy. That's how I knew it was That's a God wild. thing. You're talking about the word Redwood. There was no pushback yeah, on the trademark. That's nuts. Not from California. I would have expected something from the West for Coast. Sure. For, for sure. For sure. Nothing. Wow. I had to, they sent me a letter saying, you have to write that you did not create the color red, which I okay. I, I could verify that. <laughs> yes. And you did not come with the word Christian. Yeah. I could also, that is, that's fine. Not my idea. <laughs> I agree to your terms and conditions. That's great. Here's your letter. Let's quickly move on. Exactly. <laughs> this is that's not a hilarious. problem. So thank you, man. I wouldn't course, be without man. you. No, it's, it was an honor. And um, yeah, it's just so crazy just to see where it's been and where how it's just continued to grow. It's beautiful. This is dope, man. Beautiful I got thing. some, um, 
I got some stuff coming up, but I'm, I'm excited to share. Let's go. I'm excited Let's to share. Go. So, Let's do it. But this episode is about you. Oh, no. Oh, gosh. Well, I, You guys have three hours? Hopefully you do. We'll see how We only have works. three. I had you scheduled for six. Wait a <laughs> oh, minute. What happened? Dang it. <laughs> Here we go. I have to think of some more of the stuff to talk about. <laughs> I'll jump in there, too. Just start praying. Got while it. Going. Got it. So let's give the audience a little bit about your, your background. Where are you from? Where did you grow up? Yes. Um, was born in um, Chicago, Illinois. I was born in Chicago, Chi-town. Illinois. Chi-town, Windy City. Um, we stayed there for about, uh, I think we moved out to Cleveland about four when I was around four. If you want to know why we moved out to Cleveland, go back and check out my dad, because you had my dad on the pod, which was awesome. Um, Pops was on. Um, also, Jose Rivera, definitely go check it out. It was an amazing podcast. So um, he has the whole backstory of why we had to move out of here, uh, out here to um, Cleveland. So we Cle- we came out to Cleveland around when I was like four, uh, four or five or something like that. Um, and we were just you know, just uh, we had to stay at my grandmother's house for a little while because we didn't find we couldn't find a place to stay. And then eventually we moved out on Clark and I basically grew up in Cleveland, moved out to um, uh, Texas for about two years. My dad was planning a, a planning a church out there in Texas. Um, so we helped him uh, not planning was actually taking over a church that was kind of on its last leg. Yeah. They were um, they were struggling and Thankfully, we were able to go out there and build up the church again, and I and I believe it might still be still be running. So, it was a really cool time, really a lot of lessons learned, um, and I was still a kid, so not necessarily a whole le- lot of lessons for me. But after talking to my father and um, seeing that, that was always um, really really cool, and and just to see what what he learned from from that whole <clears throat> situation and and everything like that. We moved back to Cleveland. We've been here ever since. So we've been um, we've been in Cleveland. Um, moved to or we went to a. Uh, I mostly have like a Pentecostal, you know, charismatic background. That's that's basically where uh, we kind of grew up in. And uh, man, do I have some stories? <laughs> do I have some stories? It's a lot of fun stuff. It has been brought to my attention. I don't know anything about the Pentecostals because every time I have somebody on here, they Brother. tell me a story. And I'm like, wow, okay. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff. But listen, I, 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 this is, I want to be clear because this is never a bash on right. my Pentecostal roots. Like, man, we felt the Lord. And it was, it was really cool because it helped, it helped us, me as a kid, really respect the presence of the Lord. Mm. And uh, value it because that was that's one of the things like we every service we were expecting the Lord to show Come up on. and show up big. That's good. And that was always something that, you know, without it, I don't know if I would have had yeah. without that without that background, um, you know, so it was a lot of a lot of great things came out of it um, being in and being in that background. But, you know, uh, I, I just I just want to make that clear to all my Pentecostal folks. I love you. Just want to let you guys know. There you so, go. Solid. Yeah. <laughs> so, were you? Would you say you your life was always dedicated to Christ? You were always a Christian, always living for Him growing up. How would? Yeah, um, I was born and raised in in, in church. Um, our the first home that I remember was actually the basement of our pastor. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the pastor was living on the the second level, and we were underneath him. And um, so we were we were all, like we always laugh. And we say that we were born under the pew. That's that's kind of the joke. We were uh, my parents were highly involved in everything in the church, um, from worship. My mom and my dad were worship pastors, um, worship leaders, for a long time. Um, they did ministry for uh, 
the men's ministry did the women's ministry worked with the kids i mean my mom even had a tambourine group that used to travel. <laughs> this is no joke, bro. It was they used to go up and down to the right, up between their legs, bro. I swear it was crazy. Everything in between. Like I'm telling you, anything that you could think of, my parents have done it, and we've kind of tagged along. And they've, um, they've just, if, yeah, you know. And they, I, I thank God so much for my parents because they taught me the love for the church. You know, just the local church, uh, man. We've. All my family, we're just so in love with the local church, and we are drawn to 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 help it grow in any way, capacity, whatever capacity um, that we need to. That's one of the beautiful things that came out of there. But yeah, we um, born and raised in the church, and then I I really think I gave my heart to Christ, or really got serious when I. It's probably really hard to believe, but I was like ten years old. I remember having uh, it was a service that we went to, and I was like, Lord, I'm. I don't, I don't want to live in fear that I'm going to um, like be sent to hell. That was my understanding of yeah. salvation at that point. I don't want to be living in fear. So I want to live my life for you. And um, from 10 on, we got more serious about, you know, as serious as a 10-year-old can get, yeah. you know, right? Um, uh, for for what that was and, and who God was and just kind of follow, you know, my my father's footsteps and just trying to help him in whatever way I could in any ministry that he was serving in. And we did a little bit of everything, man, literally a little bit of everything. Um, so yeah, that's kind of, that's where I've been just been in church for a long, long, long time. That's it. I love telling this story because your mom is the main reason that we do the Christmas outreach that yeah. we do here. Yeah. She's wild, man. One of the first conversations that I had with her, she walked up to me and she said, at our old church, we mm. used to do this event. Mm with Toys for Tots, yeah. where we would make sure that XYZ amount of kids had a Christmas every yes, year, and we would share the gospel message with mm -hmm. them. And she said, I can't do that here. Yeah. And she honestly, she was being respectful. I'm like, you really could have done that here, but she's like, yeah, this yeah. is your ministry. For sure. Do you really want to do this? She's like, I can't do this, yeah. but Eric, you can. <laughs> she was just, she wasn't asking you. She, she was, was telling you, bro. not asking me. <laughs> And I realized real quick, I'm like... I'm pretty sure she's just telling you know how you get to the car and replay the conversation. Yes. Like, I don't think that was optional. Yeah, that was not optional. That was not optional. Like yeah, we're we're <laughs> let me figure out how we're gonna make this happen. And I'll tell you what, this past Christmas, yeah, to literally see cars lined up on Manor Park. Wild, and if you live crazy. in Ohio in Lakewood, then you know how like how long this street is from oh, yeah. here to Clifton. To see cars pass the railroad tracks. Wow. And we're praying for these cars. That's and we're ministering these so people cool. as they pull up. It is amazing just what one can teach another for sure you know 100 percent. and when i said i want to do a thousand kids next year she was the only person who agreed with me uh, yeah I, I won't be here yeah i don't think the outreach team is going to be here yeah, you're it gonna might have be no me help that out year. there it might be me out there so you look to volunteer for the christmas store this is your time <laughs> yeah please come talk <laughs> i've chased everyone else that's away. hilarious but she was the only person who said yeah you yeah. can do it i'm like this might actually be a crazy idea <laughs> no i mean it, it can happen and, and she's can. always been that type of person yeah. too Man, uh, my mom's passion for for children is is amazing. It's yeah. amazing, and she's always had that. And you know, unfortunately, because of her job, she hasn't been able to um, serve in that capacity anymore. But um, yeah, she's done it for years. We've anything you can think of, we've done it. So it's been crazy. But how real is that in the sense that she physically can't be there? Yeah, right. But she made sure that that's it still right. happened. That's right. Like, that's that is so cool. that is money. That's that so is cool. that was that's a money shot for me. For sure. So, I'm for gonna sure. fast forward okay. about. I don't know, 10 to 15 years okay. of your life, okay. maybe. When did you realize that there was a call in your life 
to to start pastoring. And when did you this really come funny. to realization that it was like, God, you have something more for me than even what I thought? Because I know yeah. you said the understanding of a ten year old, yeah, right. So obviously, yeah. you you know, you didn't have that understanding then. No, when did that sure. really come to play? Come into play for you? So crazy story. I was nine years old. I think yeah, I think it was like seven to nine, something like that. Um, and this. The singer, if you're Hispanic, you're going to know who this is, Samuel Hernandez. Uh, he came to our church. And, um, and this has happened multiple times that people would come and pray for me. And they, they, they say, like, yeah, I feel like there's a calling of your life. And I'm like, I didn't, I didn't believe anything right. they were saying. I was like, you guys are crazy. Let me eat my gummy bears and leave me alone. That's all <laughs> I wanted to do. Um, but uh, I remember he came to the church. Um, and he was singing. He was doing his thing in the middle of this of his little section he was doing, uh, he points at me and he calls me to the front. I'm like, the heck is happening? So he calls me up and um, like, it was the craziest thing that um, he takes me up to the pulpit and he says, uh, put your hand right here. So I put my hand, my right hand on that one, on the right side of the pulpit. And then he said, put your left hand right here. So I put my right hand, then I put, as soon as I put my left hand, I what I remember, I just felt like there was a silence. Mm. There was a silence in the room. Just this crazy, crazy silence. And I'm like, what is, this is weird. And then all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit filled the room. Oh, wow, come on. Dude, I'm talking about, it was probably some way that I've never seen before. It was the weirdest thing. And I'm just looking around, I'm like, where's my mom and dad? What am I doing? What's happening? What is going on? I'm freaking out. And I'm telling you, like, the Holy Spirit just took us out that day. And I'm just in the corner, just crying with my mom and my dad. And um, from that day forward, I was like, Lord, I don't know what it is you're going to do. But I feel like there's something that you are calling on my life. And, you know, and it was until 10 that I said, you know, whatever it is, I'm, I'm going to go for it. But um, my dad became a pastor in in um in Texas, right, for those two years. When we came back, he wasn't a pastor. We served under um, amazing pastor named Raul, Pastor Raul. Um, and then eventually, after a couple years, as we started growing up, my dad kind of seemed like, hey, we want to start moving out and give you, take you to a church that can help. Because at the moment, we didn't really know a lot of Spanish, especially like my younger siblings. They didn't know a lot of Spanish. So... He's like, well, I want to make sure that my kids get good, good biblical education through the church as well. So we went started going to West 58th Church of God. Shout out 5-8. Love go. them. Oh, my goodness. It's my people. Um, so we were there. My dad became the Spanish pastor at um, uh, the, ca- the Spanish campus pastor at uh, mm-hmm. that service. And then eventually became, you know, the pastor of CDA, Casa del Alfaredo. Everybody, if you know me, you know about CDA. That's my, those, those are my people. That's such a beautiful time in our lives. Um, and so I got to see the good, bad, and the ugly of being a pastor's kid. Mm-hmm. And, and you're asking me, like, when did I feel a call? Mm-hmm. I can tell you I was running mm-hmm. every step of the way. Bro, when I tell you every step of the way, every, every, even the mention of somebody saying, hey, I believe you're going to pastor. I like, no, I don't receive that. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not going to receive that. I'm not going to do it. I saw, unfortunately, because, and, and there's, I know there are pastor's kids that are out there that they've seen their f- parents cry. They've seen their parents get 
basically backstabbed, be just treated horribly, you know. And I was like, I don't want none of that. I was like, listen, keep me on the keyboard and I will be fine for the rest of my life. And this is me even talking to the Lord. I was like, God, don't send me that way. I don't want to do it. I am not going to do it. <laughs> I'm done. I was like, I'm not going to do it. Um, so years passed. And we fast forward. And I'm still having this conversation. I get married. And that word keeps on coming up. And I'm like, I'm pushing it away. Me and my wife are pushing. Amanda's like, heck no. Ain't happening. <laughs> ain't happening. I ain't being no pastor's wife. It's not going to happen. So, you know, was, I'm still trying to pursue music, still trying to pursue um worship and 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 all that so um we were worship pastors here not worship pastors we we're just worship leaders here at new life um and i just continued to feel this call again and i just was very resistant on on what it was all about and then finally i was at, at school at that time for recording arts technology at tri-c the rap program and uh, rat. That was R A T, not rap, because you don't want to see me rap. I'm just letting you know that right now. <laughs> I don't. I have no bars. And you don't want me to no rap bars. for a whole different reason. What the change the whole name yeah, of the podcast? Can. <laughs> we can't do it. So, recording arts technology, rat, the rat program. So, um, I was in school for that. I was trying to get you know just become a producer, record our own music, because me and Amanda had written some stuff, um, <clears throat> and I was kind of dragging my feet on kind of doing the the next step of uh, my next semester and getting my classes together. So I was like, you know what? I'm not going to, I'm going to wait. And Amanda saw that I was waiting and she's like, what's, what's wrong? Why are you dragging your feet? And as I told her, I was like, I don't know. I just feel like there's a calling for me to do ministry full time. And, you know, and I don't know what to do because I'm at this crossroads. I don't know if I should go all in or not. And I felt that um, God kept on giving me this word of all in. And Amanda had the same word. She was getting it separately, which is just That's crazy. Yeah. You know, she was just asking, like, she was feeling like the Lord was telling her all in, surrender it all, just go all in and I'll, I'll bless you. So she asked me, what do you want to do? I was like, I, I really want to serve a ministry. I, I, I want to serve on, at a church full time. And I had no idea what plans God had in store, but I, I didn't know if, and in reality, I was just like, I, I would just be even a, a worship leader at a church because I'm like, I'm going to have to have a degree. It's like, you know, I'm just going to go to school. I'm going to go to school. So I'm going to sign up for Portland Bible College. So that day we prayed. I was like, Lord, we're going all in. And we believe that you are going to provide uh, for us to do full-time ministry in the, in the future. And I'm thinking three, three years down the line, whatever, or four years, whenever I get my degree. So pastor calls us. The next morning. <laughs> Sounds about right. The next morning. Right. Listen, bro. Sounds about right. <laughs> the next morning, God, uh, pastor calls me. And he's like, hey, I want to talk to you and uh, Amanda. And, uh, you know, pastor's super blunt. He don't, he don't he walk don't, around uh, listening. There's no walking around the bush with pastor, no. Pastor Bob. And so he first says, hey, how you doing? And we're like, yeah, we're doing good. And the words that came out right after that were, hey, um, you guys want to be the young adult pastors here and you work full time? I was like, what? in the world is happening <laughs> bro 
And I literally, I literally fell on the floor and started laughing. You can ask Pastor, and you know, Pastor's trying to be serious. Yeah. And I'm literally laughing on the floor because I could not believe what just happened. We had prayed about going all in, and God was just like, I just needed your yes. Once I got your yes, now we can move forward, which is crazy. So I never necessarily uh, wanted the call, but we've said yes to the call. You know, and now that we are in the call, it is nothing else that I'd rather do. Right. There's nothing else I'd rather do. It's the best thing ever. So a lot of times our yes, that that breakthrough that we're looking for yeah. is on the other side of our yes and our obedience. Yeah. It's always 100%. where it sits. It's always where it sits. Exactly. I know a lot of people who have that call and they said, I never asked for this or I never thought it would go no. this way. No, not at all. Because sometimes when you're asking for it. Why are you really asking for this? Mm, exactly. What is the motive behind 100%. why you want the platform or the stage? For sure. And a lot of times when I'm teaching here at New Life, I use you and I as an example. Mm. Because though our testimonies are different, yeah. there's power in every testimony. For sure, for sure. And when they gave me the prophetic word from my life, I was like, give me this now. Yeah. Because I was on the brink of taking my own life. Got it. So for me, I was at rock bottom. Mm. I'm like, give me a reason to live. Yeah, yeah. I need something. For sure. And for me, it's like, okay, God, this is your, this is, this is what I have. Just take it. Yeah. This is all I got. Yeah. Yeah. Cause when this was in my hands, I was just destroying it. Yeah. So it's, it's, I love the fact that you and I can sit down and talk and just look at God glorifying. hundred percent. Look at, look at, look at the, how God can be glorified no matter what the testimony is, no matter how the dude. background is, no matter where you're from. And I struggled with that dude. Like for years, I was like, I'm not going to share my testimony. I don't have one. Right. Like that was always my thing. I was like, I can't, I can't connect with somebody that, you know, that hasn't, that, that, that's done some crazy stuff in their life. Like I, I've never done that. I've always stayed, stayed close to Jesus. But my testimony is that God kept me from that. Right. That is like, it's crazy. It's crazy that God, that, that is my testimony that the Lord kept me. He held me in a bubble and he said, I'm going to keep you right here. He says, I don't want an enemy to touch you in any way and which he still did be, but when we could talk about that another time but um like he 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 made sure that i was taken care of in the sense that i didn't go too far off that maybe the lord knew that if i if i strayed too far i wouldn't come back right i don't know you know what i'm saying right but the lord the lord's keeping power is real bro and uh. that's that's so so powerful like it, it that is that's the power of my testimony that God kept me from birth. Like I didn't have to go, I didn't have to go through a lot of the stuff that many people have gone through, um, you know. And and I, I thank God for it every single day. Right. You know. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm hard headed. I gotta listen. I have to walk out that window. <laughs> what floor Fall? are we on? Yeah, the second floor. Yeah, we're on the second it. floor. That's a long second floor yes, drop from where we are yes, right sir. now. That's how I learned my lessons. Yeah. Yeah. It's there's beauty in not having those scars. Oh, for sure, man. But if we're one body, hands and feet, we all got a part to play. Yes, sir. Then the person who's hard headed, who also has to walk across the street and don't look both ways. Yeah. Let me grab you. That's right. Let me that's grab right. You. That's right. And that's why we can work together because when I speak to somebody and I hear their testimony, I'm like, you got you got to talk to Eric. You got to talk to Eric because he will be able to give you some insight that I just can't. And that's a beautiful thing about being part of the body is that we literally fit together in a place in a way that we can help each other reach those right. that need to be reached. And that's a beautiful thing that we, we were able to do that, especially just us as, as friends. So yeah, it's a beautiful time. So well, there was a, there was a point we had a group of people join the church yeah. once, right. 
and they were all around the young adult age. Yeah. And this is right when you and Amanda had started, started young yeah, adult. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I think you had you had a a group at your house. Yes. Yeah. And I was sending people to your house. Uh-huh. And I met this one guy and I'm like I'm going to keep you with me. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to keep you with me because I don't trust you in his house. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I don't think Got I ever it. told you that story. No, you didn't. Yeah, I, I don't like, know who it is. So. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. That's funny. Yeah. That's hilarious. I love that guy. <laughs> but I'm like, I'm just going to keep you with me because the background, the story. You of know course. what I mean? And it's yeah. just, he, when people, you recognize what you look like Dude, when you walk in the on. door. A hundred percent. I know when somebody walks through those doors yeah. in New Life Church, and I'm like, that's me. Yeah. That's just me with, with darker skin or lighter skin exactly, or longer man. hair or whatever the case that's might it. be. It's like, that's I know that look. Yes, sir. And I know what those words mean. Yeah. Yeah, man. You know, I, I can tell when you're listening to certain songs, Rayo, what you're going through is because sure. I, I felt it. You yeah. Know? Yeah. But there's power in every testimony. I encourage people, do not downgrade the work that God is doing exactly. in your life. And you I did it for so many years, it. bro. I'm telling you, I did it for so many years. Um, and, I, and, I, and I pray that somebody, whoever's listening to this, that if, if that's you, if you feel like, man, I've been in church my whole life, I don't have testimony that somebody else has. Like, you're, there is power in God's keeping power. So much. There is so much power in that. Um, and just, just the fact that God does that for people is just a testament of his goodness. Like, he's, he's just good. And the same testament of his goodness that he kept me is the same testament of his goodness that he brought you out. Yes. See what I'm saying? Yes. And it's just, it's just the same power. It's so good. Right. God is good. So it's phenomenal. When I first came to New Life, I had never heard of a young adult ministry. Were you here when, when I first ca- came? Yes. 2013. You were already there, right? Yeah. yeah I, I kind of remember that. Okay. Yeah. But I, so I had a small group yeah. at this point Yep. that was 18 to 30-ish. Yeah. And I think Pastor Bob considered that a young adult Exactly. Small group. Yeah, yeah. I had never heard of a young adult ministry. Yeah. Now, this is, this is, I guess, my naiveness oh, yeah, of, for sure. of church. It's yeah. just not really just, hey, you're just, I'm like, I'm new. I'm just diving no, right good. in here, you know? So why do you think it's necessary for churches to have a young adult ministry? Okay. Um... I want to start off by saying not every church should have a okay. young adult ministry. It's not necessarily necessary for every church to have it. Um, you have to see and kind of see where your church is at, your demographics in your church, and then go from there. That was what we saw when, because everybody that was 18 to 30 when you were doing your small group already had passed 30 and they had started having kids and all that stuff. Um, so we saw me and Amanda... And we had brought it up to pastors. Like, Pastor, we, we should maybe start like a young adult ministry or something because we did not have a place for young people to come and feel like they had community. There was a, maybe 10 of us here at that point when before we started. It was just about 10 that we started with. Um, but there wasn't a place for them to feel at home, to open up, to make friends. There wasn't a place for that at New Life before we started. Um, so pastor being the wise pastor that he is he's like he saw that and he's like we got to fix that um and you know that was that's kind of the first thing you got to kind of see where you're at with your church if you see hey this is the things that we saw young people are coming in but they're leaving Mm. why is that young people are interested they're liking us on facebook liking us on instagram but when they get here they're maybe staying for a week or two and then they're leaving. They're not staying connected. What's going on? Um, 
so we had to we, we we started noticing that that was happening at new life so we had to figure out okay what's gonna what what is the solution for this so pastor wanted us to do young adult ministry we started off it was first called heartbeat and we'll talk about i know that that we'll talk about kind of that in a bit but it was it was heartbeat at first um it was uh, my corny slogan was uh, winning one Christ, uh, winning Christ, uh, young people for Christ one heartbeat at a time. <laughs> exactly. I mean, <laughs> that was that was that was the tagline. <laughs> that was the tagline. Um, but anyways, uh, so when it comes to young people and young adults, like if you see that that is an issue in your church, you have to. Address. You can't just be like, oh, they just young people don't. They don't. They don't know what they're talking about. They, they. This is a good church. They should stay. No, you have to make. You have to pivot. If you don't pivot, that's on you. Right. You know, so that's on your church. That's not wise. Um. So, you know, if if you are in a place where you feel comfortable, where you can be come clean about the stuff that you're going through, um, and you see people that are like minded similar age that are pursuing this man named Jesus and you see as well that they're not perfect and they're not trying to be but they're still running after the Lord that that is a breeding ground for people for young people to come and say this is a place that I can actually grow in this is a place that I can um grow in my faith and run after Jesus a little more. So I think that's one of the reasons why if you do see that there is a lack of young people in your church, you have to pivot and maybe it's not have a young adult ministry, but you have to do something to bring them into a place that's a little bit, maybe little. And this is the thing about young, young adults. This is what I've noticed since I've started. They want to have fun like youth, but they want to be treated like adults. Right. See what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like, it's a hard thing to kind of balance the fun with the seriousness of what they're going through and where they're at in their lives. Because a lot of them are in transitions, right? A lot of them go through a ton of transitions, whether it's just exiting college, um, just getting married or wanting to get married, or maybe just trying to stay single. Um, uh, a lot of them are even thinking about uh, what's my next career my career, my next career move. Um, I want to buy a house. I want to, you know, whatever the case may be. And we are part of, we're, we're, we're in that with them, but at the same time, we want to live life to the fullest and we want to, we want we want to have fun doing it. So there's a, there's that mix that we have to kind of do with, within young adult ministry. That's a little difficult. Um, but thankfully we've been able to find that here, but that's what I'm saying. You gotta, you gotta find something that'll draw, so that they can feel community. If you ask any young adult, one of the most important things to them is community, is to feel like they belong to something, right? Feel like they, they have a family, like they have people around them that know what they're going through, number one, and care about what they're going through. Because it's, some, it's one thing to know and not... And another thing to actually care about yes. what it is. You oh, know what I'm saying? Yes, I do. You, it's it's one thing just to be like, oh, oh, you're going through that. I'm so sorry. And that's it. No, but hey, you're going through that. Hey, come over to my house. We're gonna chill. Hey, let's 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 talk. When 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 can we have some coffee? How can I help you? We are in a we are in a digital age that we are more connected than ever, but more alone than ever. One hundred percent. 
See what I'm saying? 100%. So when they, and this is the, this is the, the conversation I have with many of the people that start coming to YA, they're like, you guys have a community here of young adults that are just running after Jesus. We may not have it right all the time. And frankly, we have it wrong a lot of the times. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, but honestly, we are, we're running after the one. We're running after the one. And, and that's what our desire is. And that's one of the things that we've been trying to pursue um, as, as a culture in YA. And that's, a, that's maybe something that you want to even look in your churches. What is the culture that you have there? What are some things that you have in your church that are maybe, again, this is not in disrespect, maybe a little old? Maybe something that you need to change to uh, to bring in some younger some younger folks so that they can feel like, hey, this is a place that I can I can vibe with and uh, is a good. And then we're not tending to people's emotions, tending to people's um, uh, comfortability. You right. know what I'm saying? But there, it would be shooting yourself in the foot to not change some things if you are desiring for young people i'm not saying talking about changing everything not changing the gospel don't change the gospel right change some things around put a put a put some paint on the walls right you know what i'm saying change the carpet you know um just literally just some things and we are a visual generation we like to see things that look appealing to us so if we go into a church and it may not be the best and again i'm not talking about making everything look extravagant no not at all just put some effort into it that may be the turning point and then putting some people in place to be like you know what when we see a young adult that walks into the room we are going to love on them with everything we have we're going to build a community around them so that they can know that this is a place that they can grow i say this to people often and i think you and i may have had this discussion years ago yeah culture takes time oh 100 percent. culture takes investment 100 percent you can't just be like, oh, we're going to do this. Oh, in six weeks, this isn't working the way no. I want it to, and we're just going to scrap it. For sure. That's not building culture. No. If you want to build culture, you have to invest in yeah, it. Yeah, 100%. It's funny because at New Life Church, I've had people make comments to me. This is just something simple about the windows. Yeah. They're like, this isn't, they're not very visually appealing. Of course. I've been coming here all the time. I'm like, there's a window over there? Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, there's just certain things that I just don't always notice mm-hmm. that somebody else might. This isn't even a welcoming space exactly. at all. Exactly. That's why we need each other. A hundred percent. That's why. Because 100%. if it was up to me, yeah, I wouldn't even know there was a window there because I've walked <laughs> past it since 2000. I think if it was up for you, yeah. we just the other rooms would be all black. We'd all be wearing hoodies and we'd be like, "Let's bless the Lord, everybody." That's exactly how it would be if it was up to you. I can't help but notice I'm sitting here in all black with my black exactly, computer. that's what I'm saying. With dude. my black microphone, my black boots on, all my bags where there are black. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. That's funny. It's, it's kind of true. You got to put the Star Wars meme right yeah. here. I'm going to put something at work for, for uh, what's the name? So I do sit in a hoodie all the time. I know, it's just so funny. Off. That's why I'm just cracking up. I in like, silence. That's, that's exactly that. how it would be. Oh my goodness. But uh, that's that's why it's like, it's, it's important to to listen to the demographics of your church. Like you have to see where you're at. Right. And we not necessarily that every church has to be the same because that's definitely not the right. case, but I believe that a church should be generational. There should be young kids, there should be youth, there should be young adults and there should be um older than that and continue to grow from there. So there has to be that 
I mean, for I believe for a church to grow, because if you push out all the youth of your church, then eventually, guess what's going to happen? And I'm, this is, again, not a diss to nobody, to no church. I know there are people that are striving, trying to do the right thing, but eventually people will die off yes. and then there's no there's nobody left you know and uh, there needs to be a focus on how do we continue to bring families i think that's maybe one of the bigger things like how do we get families in here so maybe that's the angle that you go through so there's so many different ways but it, um that i believe it's important because of the future generations to come if you don't have healthy young adults most likely you won't have healthy youth and if you don't have healthy youth, most likely you don't have healthy kids in a church um, setting. So you want to make sure that you are continuing the line. You know what I'm saying? If you have, if your focus or if your strength is we have healthy adults, beautiful, let's get some healthy young adults that they can disciple, right? So those healthy young adults, who they're going to disciple, mm-hmm. let's get them on the youth, discipling the youth. And the youth can even, I love it in my, my kid's school, there are fifth, uh, third through fifth and sixth graders. I think it even goes up to eight that lead small group at their school. Come on, these That's are so kids. Good. That's so good. that. And then my so good. My kid is in a group with older kids that are teaching them the word of God. It's just like absolutely amazing. I was like, that's. That's the body of Christ. We have to constantly look back and say, who can I help bring along for the journey? So, yeah, I think it's, a, it's important to have uh, a young adult ministry if that is needed in your church. Because some some churches are just full of young people, mm-hmm. you know, and they, that age range is not necessarily needed for ministry. You right. see what I'm saying? So. If you have a younger church, you don't need a young adult ministry. Your church is the young adult ministry. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, but if you have a little bit of an older church, uh, which New Life Church at the time that we were here, like I said, there was only like 10 true young adults at the time. Um, and we've been blessed to to grow it over just about 60, 60 of them that are here now, that are consistent, that are um, that are serving the church, that are that are growing in their in their faith like it's just a beautiful thing just to see what god has done in the time that we've been here and we know it's all about um creating a space for people to feel like hey these these people have my back so i 100 percent agree this is one of the things i love about our kids ministry here on sundays yeah they're not it's not babysit time exactly they're not being they're not just they're getting messages and the gospel taught to them yeah every sunday yep you yeah. know so and you're gonna have a hard time convincing me that this isn't generational. You have, yeah, you have to show me that in the Bible, hundred percent. Because if Paul told Timothy, "Don't have to despise your youth," there's Bible verses about how parents should raise their children. Come on, come on. Then you've got disciples who make disciples who make yep. disciples, and tell you to do this in all the nations. Come on, you're gonna have a hard time convincing me it's not generational. Exactly. And then I talk about this in the leadership courses that I teach too. Yeah. Your leadership has to go beyond you. A hundred percent. But your true mark of your leadership is what happens when you are gone. Come on. And I hit that on twofold. Yeah. So if I go on vacation, yep. what happens to the outreach team? Let's go. If I go to another church or God calls me a missionary overseas, what happens to that ministry now that I'm gone? Yeah. It can't just rest on yeah, me, 100%. no matter how old I am. A hundred percent. There has to be some sort of succession plan for sure coming up. Because yeah. I think Paul had Timothy. Come on. <laughs> You're gonna so I hundred percent agree. This is definitely generational. Yeah. I think we owe it to whatever that generation is, but let me show you and exactly. tell you about the one person yeah. that can change Come on. everything. Yeah. 
And then I have to teach you to be okay if the answer is no. That's right. I have to teach you to hear the voice of God for yourself. Yeah. Because that is so critical in ministry that as we're bringing up any generation, yeah. I need to teach you to hear the voice of God for yourself. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And have you sit in his presence and learn what that's really like. And and, and I know for a fact that there's a, that is difficult Mm -hmm. for um, people that don't, you know, because again, I've, I've spent my whole life in church and we've went to prayer vigils that were all all night Mm -hmm. like literally all night overnight um we we've done you know prayer in times that it's just sitting in the presence and that's that's all it is um so it's i'm comfortable with that you know but the young adults that i've met that are coming in they're like what the heck is this you know what i'm saying so we have to do that and like when it comes to even like you were saying um teaching this is what I kind of have told my some of the leaders that that I, I oversee. So, like, you you have to teach or train yourself out of a job. Right. You have to. You have to. You have to, because if not, you're going to be in a tough position when you're sick, when when you don't have an, a ride to get to the church, when something happens an emergency and you can't make it, um, and ultimately when you leave. You know, and that's that's something that you have to make sure that you, you have in place. And, and I've, and this is something that's just, just being transparent. I had a, tr- a trouble doing mm. my PK, my PK and I guess that's the best <laughs> way you can say it. Like, I'm telling you, we did everything. Yeah. My family, we had maybe two or three other families that I would help with remember. us, but yeah. it was just us. We cleaned, we led worship, we preached, we taught, we did kids ministry, we did usher ministry. I'm talking about any position of the church we were a part of, you know what I'm saying? Um, And my mentality when I came for that was just get it done. It's easier for you to do it. Instead of, I know it's going to take some time to train somebody, but you're going to be better off it in a year or two. Right. And that was always the issue. So luckily, uh, being around some great leaders like yourself, like Neff, um, Pastor Bob has just done, uh, just fed, poured into us a lot. Um, he's taught us over and over, you have to build a team around you. And luckily, we've we've gotten to that point where we have that. And it's it's a beautiful thing not to worry. Like, hey, if, if I can't be there, the team will take care of it and we're good to go. So it's amazing. You, you should do your job so well that somebody can just walk in and take it. Come on. And this is why when I tell people, when they say things to me, like, I want to be where you are, mm. I immediately sit down and talk to that person. Yeah. One, it's humbling. It sends me back to my prayer closet. For sure. Because I know it's the Christ in me that they see. I That's know good. it's not me. But I tell them, I may not be here when you get there because mm. God is going to move me somewhere else. Exactly. And this spot that I have is going to be open yes, anyway. Sir. So let me help you. Yeah. If, if that's where God wants you. Yeah. Because this is why I tell people, I might meet you where you are, but my job is not to bring you to where I am. For sure. Because I don't know if where I am is where God wants you. 100%. I need to, let's figure out together where God is taking you. Yeah. And let's help you get there. Exactly. Because where, where I'm at might be limiting to the, maybe Mm. a limitation to the visit that he has on your life. That's good. I have no idea because before this meeting, I didn't pray about this. Yeah. 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 let's, Let's go in this together. For sure. And. You know, I use this as an example too. When COVID hit, we obviously the, our church went through some some changes, like everywhere else in the world, 100%. right? 
And that's when Pastor Bob asked me to take over the, and oversee the welcome team here. And I let him know, I said, I'm going to need about three to four months, mm. maybe six. Yeah. You're going to see me serving every Sunday. Yeah. Don't call me. Don't yeah. call me to tell me to take a break. I'm going to yeah. build up these leaders exactly. because I need to establish this. Trust me, this is. Just, I just need to get this going so they can yep. stand without me. Then I got somebody to figure out the schedule. Yep. Then we had then we had one leader every Sunday. Captains, then there yeah, were two. That. Then there were two captains every Sunday. I said, well, if they need to call off, there's another person who's exactly what to do. Yeah. Then I said, what happens if I get you know what happens if I get sick or I get? Then we typed up the instructions, step by step instructions yeah. for how to run a Sunday via welcome team leader Come and on. or member. Come on worked myself out of it that's it to where now i don't have to serve every single Let's sunday go. but in the infancy of the ministry you have to it had to get built it has to it has so. to yeah and that's what i'm saying like uh, and there's there's stages there's stages right. to it where you there's going to be some times that things happen and you have to you have to fill the slots right. where you need to but but putting that work on the front end again because i'm i'm learning and i will continue to learn i'm still growing as a as a leader and i want to continue to do so i've had to learn that the hard way you know because i didn't put in the work at the beginning because i was so nervous about making it the right way or doing it whatever way i wanted to do it um that it caused a lot of pain and heartache and now thankfully like i said we are in a position where we have other leaders we have um, people that have stepped up to say, hey, let's let's do this together. We don't you don't have to do this by yourself. So it's a it's important to to step out, bite the bullet at the beginning. Bite the bullet at the beginning. It's yeah. gonna it's gonna suck. Right. It is. It's yeah, just it's, it's just not fun. It's not easy. It's not fun to teach somebody when you can do it three times faster. Right. It isn't. But the time that you're putting in to do that now is going to only help you down the road you know so you're really investing your time you're not wasting it by teaching somebody right so because that's a part of the discipleship process 100 percent. because they're going to do that for somebody else exactly and you don't know what that nugget and that you're, you and give you're them. teaching them exactly what needs to happen when when they get to the point where they can start discipling you know exactly. what i'm saying if like oh if somebody poured into me they gave me their time they gave me their house they gave me access to their life right that's that's huge. That's huge. And they're, they're going to be like, okay, I can do that with somebody else. Let's go. You know? I tell every young adult this when they call me for yeah. something. Every one of them. Yeah. Because they always open up the phone call or end it the exact same yeah. way. I'm sorry for bothering you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I immediately, it's the, I've probably, it's the one thing I correct all of them. Yeah, on. yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. like, this is, this is what I'm called to do. Let's this go. is what God has that's it, man. ordained me. You are not bothering me at all. I'm concerned for the day you don't call me. Yeah. I'm concerned that you don't have anybody to talk to. Come on. I'm concerned for the day you shut. No, call yeah. me. I can be that two and three o'clock sure. in the morning phone call. For sure. Because uh, oddly enough, I'm still awake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Man. I don't get it. It's crazy. I know what I'm doing, though. I'm yeah. usually sending out messages for this podcast. Because <laughs> <laughs> we talked about, like, community. Mm -hmm. And we talked about the importance of, of having community. Yeah. So what do you think are some of the, the challenges of reaching young adults today or just reaching this generation? I think right now the biggest thing, and it's crazy, that we recently just worked, uh, we just rolled out a, a series called Worldviews. Mm -hmm. And um, I started taking this class called Worldviews in, in college at PBC, and, and I was truly amazed that... Um, within 
the class itself, they were asking a bunch of questions and I was really amazed at how many of the people that were in the group um, did not, the, according to the questions that they had, were not um, biblical in nature. Uh, they didn't answer it biblically. They're like, they're in Bible college. They should know what the answer is. Um, some of them were like, what is the Trinity? And they'll have a list of what the Trinity is. And this is the answer that they put. And I was actually really amazed to hear that there were many that didn't align with what the Bible, what the Bible is saying. So uh, I say that to say that I believe that because of the uh, social media, because of um, the world that we live in right now, so much access to information, um, we can get so many counterfeit truths, right? We can get truths that sound like truth, but it's not truth, um, that it can, it can really mess with someone's theology and doctrine. Um, so when I've, I've, I've seen people come into YA with some of the truth, but they're off on some other stuff. And I'm like, okay, we got to work on that. It's because of the culture wants to make us believe um, certain things or it, it makes things sound, you know, sound sweet to have or whatever the case may be, sweet to even think, you know, and just to have, have in their hearts. Um, like this whole thing, like, oh, we got we got to create our own happiness. We got to, um, you know, follow our hearts, things like that. Um and the Bible says that we will, our heart is wicked above all things, you Simple, know, right. you know, we are, we, we just, that's not a good idea to follow your heart. If At you're going to try to do that, um, that's just one example. Um, and it's a, it's a half truth, right? It's a, it's a half truth. It's not necessarily something that, yeah, you, we want to, we want to follow what the Lord has put in our heart, right? We want to follow that. That's the way that we follow our heart. But if we, if we follow what we desire, um, it's not necessarily going to go the best way for us. But so what I've seen is that there's a lot of, it's a lot of lies that come in with, with, with YA they, they've, they fed into the lie or they've, they've got into the lie. Um, they've, they've received the lie, I should say. Um, and we have to unveil that. We have to start figuring out, okay, what, what is it that you believe? And where can we lead you to a biblical worldview? Not to say that we have all the answers, but at least you point you in the right direction. Right. You know what I'm saying? Um, so I, that's one thing that I've seen. And in reality, in reality, one of the biggest things that I'm noticing in young adults is the rise in mental health, like the the mental health issues. I'm, it's one of the challenge, most challenging things because as a young kid, Back in the day, you had mental health issues. It was the devil, and that's it. Right. That was it. You had mental health. Oh, oh, I guess. I guess you have a demon. Right. That's that's what the answer was. It can't be anything else. It can't be anything <laughs> else, right? It can't be anything else. You have anxiety. Up. Oh, you 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 must have walked into a, a bad place, <laughs> yeah. and now you have the devil on you. Um. So now that there there's so many young adults, men and women that are just dealing with some so many so many mental health um, situations and, and the, um, issues that it's 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 hard because you have to manage things a little bit differently um, so you have to go around things or you have to go about things a little bit differently than what we did before um, but it I think now that we know that we're able to help them better than what we did before before it, the answer was pray about it and that's it now it's have you seen 
a therapist? Right. Have you talked about this? Like, are you, are you getting help for any of this? Because, and I think that's a beautiful thing because the idea of therapy a couple years ago was meaning mean, meant that you were a lunatic and right. you need to be in a psych ward. Right. That's that was the the, the stigma about it, and 100%. it's so horrible. And I'm I'm so thankful for this upcoming generation that has made therapy so um, just it it's it's no longer a taboo. You know what I'm saying? So helping them find the right people to talk to um, and get them in the right spot because the mind is such a complex thing. And we just thought that we can just tag the devil on it and we think that it was going to be okay. And that was just not the case, you know? So that's a big challenge now that we are, we're, we're dealing with. And how do we um, manage or maneuver through this, this age that unfortunately so many people have uh, mental health issues um, and even emotional issues. They're dealing with just grief dealing with with rage dealing with anger problems that that they can't go um, they can't let go of and, and and we have to manage that and share the love of Jesus but also share the fact that there's people that can help outside of the church you know what I'm saying and the beautiful thing is that there's a you know like even a place that we that we partner with called Fieldstone Counseling that we work a lot with to to help people and the beautiful thing is that they're bible-based counseling so they can help figure out things that I can't answer. Right. You know what I'm saying? I just can't give you the answer. Um, uh, but it's normalizing that conversation, which I think is super important and making people feel like, hey, this is a place where I can, um, I can have these questions, I can have these issues, and no one's pointing them out or not necessarily pointing them out. No one's um, laughing at me. Nobody is um, making me feel like I'm less than or anything like that. Um, so... That's that's been a, a big thing, and with young adults, they're very passionate mm -hmm. about a lot of things, you know. So we have to kind of redirect their passion to the most important thing. Right. I was like, you can be passionate about those things, but if it fights with the passion that you have for the most important thing, which is Jesus Christ, then we got to We got to work with that. So that's those are those are just a couple that I could think of off the top of my head that we've been dealing with, um, and beautiful thing is that we, we have incredible young adults that have been gracious in us as we learn mm. and that's one of the things that i always tell my young adults it's like i don't have all the answers i am learning with you you see what i'm saying um i i have to let them know i, I am very flawed <laughs> me and my wife are very flawed if you ask pastor he would say he is very flawed like we are flawed individuals we're not going to have it all right all the time give us patience give us grace give us mercy and Thankfully, uh, they've been able to do that. So that's been pretty nice. So, right. and yeah, it's been great. So that's, uh, it's been tough, but we've, thankfully we've seen fruit from it as well. It's, it's crazy because there's so many of these hot button topics yes. that are out there. Right? Yes. And you can easily Ooh, yeah. put yourself here and here Ooh. and here and here and here. And one week you support this and next week you support that passion and time management. Yes passion and focus yes you got we got to be careful separating yes sir things because yes, sir. i can be passionate about something yeah where is my focus and Come my on. time yeah because you can be passionate about something and completely lose yourself yeah and for be sure completely lost in a passion that was yeah. never meant for you to go down that's right that's right that's why we have to be careful and that's why we got again we have to redirect the focus mm -hmm. okay that you may be passionate about that but 
that that might not be good to have all your focus right now. Where can we point it to? So that's important. And I was stuck where I was passionate about things because I thought that was my identity. Mm, I thought yeah. that's who I was. Yeah, yeah. And so because I, it was it was never who Christ meant for me to be. Yeah. That oh, I have a passion for all of these things. And when I got saved, I was like, whoa, mm. this is not who I am at all. Wow. I actually don't care about a lot of these things. That's good. You know, and it's, I thank God for that because I think that was him starting to pull me away yeah. from things I had no business for being sure. a part for of sure. to say, get rid of this to make more time yep. for the kingdom. Yeah. Yeah. So. No, for sure. And that's why we have to, even with the hot button topics, those, like trying to maneuver that has always been a, a tough thing for YA. Um, because of the passion towards mm -hmm. them, right? And this is how I usually start off. It's like, guys, don't beat me up. This is what the Bible says. <laughs> this is what the Bible says. And we go off of that. And what what I notice is that they can't argue with the word of God. You know what I'm saying? They may have a different interpretation. But And I, and I even tell them, I was like, listen, don't believe me just because I'm up here with the mic. And that goes to everybody. Don't just right. believe your pastor just because he has the mic. Like, yeah, you should trust your pastor and you know have that he's speaking the word of God and he's done his due diligence in the word. But if you have a question about something, dig into it yourself. You know what I'm saying? Figure out, make sure that okay, that does align. Pastor, pastor was right. Let's go. You know, yeah. we're good to go. Um, so I, I always tell him like, if you have an issue with one something that I've said according to the word, dig into it. Find out what the word of God says. Ask other people. Look at different books. Read different things to um, to dig into it. And um, that's kind of the way that we've kind of framed it. Like, hey, we're just giving you the word of God. You do it with it, whatever you way, whatever you want with it. Like, if you've, what is it that if if you read the word or if God tells you something to do and you don't do it, is as if you didn't. Um, you looked at yourself in the mirror and forgot who you were. Right. Right. So the word says, and. That's, that's, I was like, that's you, that's on your end. We can, our responsibility is to, to, to put the food on the table. It's your responsibility to eat. Right. You see what I'm saying? Um, so with the hot button topics, um, they can get passionate. Um, there was a season where, and, and it's about politics. Like mm -hmm. that's another topic where people were so passionate about and our young adults, their passion, and I love, I love the the passion of for it. Sure, that's cool, but it was. I truly believe it was misdirected. Mm -hmm. You see, what I'm saying, and they were letting their passion overshoot the love of the brother. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's not good. That's that's not gonna work. Right. He was like, you can have, be passionate about something, but as soon as you disrespect your brother in Christ, your your passion has been in the wrong focus, the, right. the wrong place. So yeah, that we we've. We've had a point where there were like <laughs> Facebook battles between our young adults on on Instagram and on social media. I'm just like, what is going on? So we've had to have literally like we called them just family talks. Let's have a family meeting, and we would talk and and just shared how we need to treat each other. Um, that's just one occasion where it was it was very very difficult. Um, uh, because people can get so wrapped up into politics um, that they lose their identity and who they really are and how to treat the person that's right next to them, no matter what. See, I'm, I'm going on a tangent. No, go ahead. Listen, this is my frustration. <laughs>